The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. <laughs> this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Co-host, are you with me, Chris? I'm here to James. How are you? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. I can't stop smiling. And we have our wonderful guest, Cowboys Abe. You Abe? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, James. <laughs> oh, this is going to be beautiful. I, I, I mean, it's slept just thinking about this. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to knock a rock on before Chris gets you. I'm going to get on you, you know. Um, <laughs> I told you, Abe, you know, just just seeing your face, you know, just to see that look, that smirk on your face, you know, it was just beautiful because you know you had to deal with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we yeah. got the process. You there, Wayman? Oh, I'm here, baby. <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to start off. I'm going to Chris hit y'all. I know you got good things to talk about, but I'm going to start off uh, Wayman and Abe, um, Chris. I told them this probably was a good loss for Dallas, you know, because going into the playoffs, you know, on that high horse they was or something like that. Do you guys think it was a good loss for them? And if not, why? And if it is, why? Want to go first, one? Yeah, I don't mind going first. I'm I'm not really sure um, that any loss is a good loss. I don't think Dallas necessarily needed to lose the game. I do think... And 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 I, I'm not as confident in Dallas as I was before because once again I realized that their head coach has no decision making ability whatsoever as far as how his team is run. Um, I know Jason Garrett did not want Tony Romo to play, um, and rightly so, because all you can do by playing Tony Romo and what I said last week is create controversy where it doesn't need to exist. Um, so Dak Prescott is aware of it. Tony Romo was on one short drive through a touchdown. Everybody's saying he looks great. So if there's any adversity when you play Seattle, when you play Green Bay, when you play the Giants, is Dak Prescott looking over his shoulder now? Is Tony Romo thinking he should get off the bench? And is that in other people's minds? Obviously, Jerry Jones made that call. He's been wanting Tony Romo to play all year. He came in for one series, threw a touchdown, and now everybody's back on Tony Romo. And and that kind of dominated at least early in the week or at least right after the game, the headline. So I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that say, you know, well, it, it's good for a team to lose. Uh, 
Dallas already went in with the mindset, and Philadelphia was already favored in the game. So we knew going into the game with Philadelphia being favored that Dallas didn't care about that game. I do think, and I'll flip it a little bit from the perspective that Dak Prescott got to watch a little bit, I do think that that's helpful. I think that getting your running back, who's logged so many carries on uh, this year, getting some rest is definitely helpful to get Ezekiel Elliott, who's never played this long of a season before, some rest is helpful. Win or lose, Dallas could care less. It didn't help them. It didn't hurt them. But I do think some external things weren't positive. I want you to go second. Um, hey, let me guess, hey. Well, uh, you know, uh, I didn't even get a chance to watch this game. Uh, I happened to be, I happened to go to the Raiders Bronco game. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, I caught a few little highlights here and there, you know, and I heard about Tony Romo throwing a touchdown and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, Wayman was saying, you know, they were in it to, to rest these guys. So I I don't believe that, that they were really concerned on whether they won or not, you know, uh, if they had won, you know, it's it's just like icing on the cake, but uh, that wasn't the case. So, uh, you know, uh, rest your guys. Get them ready for the for the big games, you know, that are coming up here. So uh, it is, is what I believe their philosophy was behind it, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I saw an article about, uh, about the whole Tony Romo and, uh, quarterback, you know, controversy, what have you. And it basically it said that uh, the fact that they played Tony Romo in this last game uh, goes to show that there was never a controversy, you know, uh, basically is what it said in a nutshell. But anyways, you know, it, you know, you got to get, you got to get your, your, your main guy rested up and get him going, get him, get him ready for the big game. Cause you know, like Wayman said, you know, they're, they're, they're new at this. And, uh, and so they're, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a learning process for them, I think. And, uh, hopefully, you know, everything turns out the way, the way I want it to, to turn out and, uh, they make it to the Super Bowl and they win. <laughs> what did you see, Chris? Well, you know, yeah, I, 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 I think what you're saying is, is true as far as, as as they had a game plan and they they weren't really planning on winning at this point, but let me ask you this, guys. You know, so so Dak Prescott went in and he did great. Tony Romo went in for one series, the touchdown, and he was you know everyone thought he was a god at that point. But then they put in Mark Sanchez, and he went nine for seventeen for eighty five yards, two interceptions. He looked horrible. He stunk up the place. Uh, my, my thinking is. Next season, I don't. I think they gotta get rid of him. They shouldn't keep him. You know, there's no reason why to keep him on on their roster. What do you guys think on that? Hold on, before you guys answer that, you know, I never, I know this sounds recorded, but I hate it. I gotta agree with Wayman. I, I hate this. I never agree with Wayman. But I think that did. Come on over. Come on over to the dark side. Rogue One is out. You can come to the dark side, maybe. <laughs> I, I think that did bring in Tony Romo in was just a controversy for them to start up, you know. 
there was no reason for them to play him. And then, like Wayman said, he played that one series. Like, oh, he's great, and that's what they wanted to see. And so they go when um, Dak started messing up, bring Romo and see what he did. So I kind of, I hate saying this, my mouth feel like that hot dog. Just let it roll off your tongue. Let it roll off. Let it roll off. <laughs> it's easier. The more you say it, the easier it is to do it. <laughs> You're doing no pretty way, good, aren't you, aren't you, Wayman? No, no way. I'm, I'm okay. My Redskins are out of the playoffs, so it's, it wasn't a happy New Year. But you know what? They didn't deserve to be there, so I'm not really the, the way I'm they played. No, no. Yeah, no. I mean, if, if you're at home and, and you have it in your hands, I, I did like the fact that New York didn't lay down and played them because that's what the Redskins needed going into the playoffs. They weren't ready, so they're exactly where they need to be. So, I just had to say that, hey, you know, I just so, think Romo was just so, a big, big thing was so, like Wayman said, Jerry just causes controversy for people, you know. Yeah, but don't you, don't you think, James, that, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's just going to fuel the flames, you know, that, that he's going to play that much harder, he's going to play that much better, he's going to do whatever it takes to win, you know, uh, because he knows that, uh, you know, Tony Romo is, is waiting in the wings, and, and he could potentially take his job at any time. You know, uh, don't, don't you think that? I don't think that's the right mentality to have. I mean, imagine you, you know, in, in your job, Abe, you work hard all year, you've, you've generated massive profits for your company, Absolutely. and you have a bad day, and you're wondering if, the guy underneath you is going to take your job at the end of the year mm-hmm. when a lot of what that company has done and built is directly attributable to you. And so you don't yeah. want to have that mindset. Now, obviously, you want Dak Prescott uh, performing at his peak, but you don't ever, and, 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 and Love will attest to this, you know, especially as a defensive back, which I played, you don't ever want to think, hey, if I mess up this game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming out. You don't want somebody tight. You don't want somebody worried about losing their position if somehow they make a mistake or you're behind. Or you want Dak Prescott to do what he's done all year. He's been, he's been poised. He's been under control. They've been behind some games. You know, Detroit came out like gangbusters, and he's able to manage it. You don't want him thinking that because of the media, because of his owner, because he, there, you don't. No one has to 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 think very hard to know because Jason Garrett said very clearly during the week Tony Romo was not going to play. Tony Romo played because Jerry Jones wanted him to play. We all know who was running that team, and it is not the coach. And so, you don't want your head coach. You don't want the quarterback knowing that the head coach, and you don't want the backup quarterback knowing that the head coach. When the decision is made, Tony Romo might enter that game. If you're down 14 points at half, do you have Dak Prescott in the locker room wondering if he's going out? Tony Romo smiling, thinking he's going out. You do not want that on your team, and that's what Dallas has now. Now, as a Dallas fan, I'm I'm sure you're hoping they don't ever get in that situation, but it's the playoffs. There are teams teams like Atlanta, Green Bay, and some other teams that might that might pose a challenge. And you don't want that in a rookie quarterback's head, is all I'm saying. You've introduced controversy where you don't want it. Chris, to your to your question, I'm sorry, 
because uh, I was off on that tangent. Um, Mark, Chance, Mark Sanchez is a backup quarterback. Uh, he always be, will be a backup quarterback, and I definitely think Dallas probably needs to get another veteran quarterback in the fold because I think Tony Romo is on his way out the door. Uh, he still feels like he can play, um, so you are going to need someone else in there uh, to, to fill in just in case you suffer some type of injury to your starter. But not, but not Mark Sanchez. But not Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, uh, he's good in spot duty. I mean, and when I say good, I mean, yeah. okay, you know, he he's okay. He looks like a quarterback. He can throw the ball forward. Um, but as far as results and getting teams uh, wins, I, I saw somewhere where Mark Sanchez uh, has the most interceptions or turnovers uh, at or behind the line of scrimmage in the history of the NFL. I think he's thrown nine interceptions behind the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, I don't know what happened to him. I think he's always been an average quarterback, but maybe it's just confidence or whatnot. But, you know, he's somebody that you can – if you carry three quarterbacks like Dallas does, he can be your third quarterback, but you definitely don't want him as your second quarterback with any potential to get into the game. Y'all, y'all getting this mixed up. Well, I ain't know why we're talking about Mark Sanchez because y'all getting what a third-string quarterback supposed to do. He's only in that position to not win a game for you. He gets in that position not to lose a game. And a third-string quarterback is really barely just to go in there and hold off until you're the second or first and get back, you know. So he just didn't really hand the ball. So we expecting too much from Mark Sanchez. He is what he is yeah. at third string. He's horrible. Exactly. Every third string quarterback is horrible. You can keep him as third string. You need, you need a second. You need a second stringer. You need a second stringer because Romo's gone. But, but here's well, the thing. Is you don't want to get into a position like the Raiders are, you know, and, and you have to use your third string quarterback now because that's all you have, you know. But you know what, Ape? That happens because if you look at a roster – your second string quarterback is almost your first string, and your third string is just some Joe Blow like Sanchez. So that can happen where your first two might get hurt, and that third guy come in. That's when you see after the next week they go and get a veteran to come in and take that spot from that second. You ever notice that? Yeah. I mean, so he's only there for maybe a week or two just to hold off until they, you know, so Sanchez what he is, the third string. He's horrible. <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You're fine. No, that just brings me back to my point last week when we were talking about backup quarterbacks and do you play your starters and all that. And I said no. And you asked the Raiders, you asked Houston whether or not they regret playing the quarterbacks that they did going into that last week. Now, obviously, uh, the Raiders had something to play for. Um, but I'm sure, in hindsight, if they would have thought about it, is, is getting that second seed as important than going in with your third-string quarterback? You have one of the best seasons you've had in, in 15 years, and it's probably all going to end in Houston uh, because you, you, you lost not one but two quarterbacks. And then you look at Houston, who would – two weeks ago made the move from Osweiler, and now that's who's going to start versus the Raiders. So you essentially have two backups 
and you have New England with no resistance on their way to another Super Bowl appearance. So, so Wayman, you're saying that Houston's going to beat Oakland next week? This I'm weekend. not saying they will. I'm not saying they will. I think it's going to be a very ugly game. I trust Houston's defense a little more than I trust the Raiders. Houston has been uh, very good at home. Uh, so you have a situation where Osweiler started 13, 14 games uh, going against someone in Connor Cook who played for half a game versus Denver um, and, and is going up against another decent defense at home on the road. Uh, I just don't think it looks very good uh, for the Raiders. But, I, but I mean, it's not a huge spread. Uh, I don't think very many points are going to be scored either way. I think it can go either way because I definitely don't think Osweiler is worth anything either. So, um, yeah. But if I had to, if I was betting money on it, I probably would pick Houston to win the game. I think, hey, if you follow Oakland a lot this year, and I thought Oakland was horrible that last game. And I don't see them. Uh, I don't think Houston's good, but I don't think well, Oakland can do it. What do you think, A? Well, I can tell you. I can tell you just from what I saw at the game. You know, uh, when they put McGloin in, it looked like he was uh, he was almost afraid to throw the ball. And uh, they started off, you know, just handing it off, running the ball, and uh, you know that 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 only got them so far. You know, and then the other thing is is uh, the, the penalties. They just they were just getting, you know, uh, offsides, uh, holding, you name it. Uh, it was just. It was just, it was kind of crazy, but, uh, so, so what I think they need to do is they need to be able to, to, to eliminate the, uh, the penalties that they're, they're acquiring in each game. And then they also need to be able to deliver the ball. Now, I will say this, that when Cook went in, he, you know, he did start to throw the ball and he, you know, he, uh, he was a little rusty at first, it looked like, but, uh, you know, there was a few good, Good throws that he had, and, and he, he he got a few uh, first downs on 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 uh, on third down uh, conversion. You know, so he looks like he's a little bit uh, more eager to to throw the ball than uh, McGloin did. But uh, we'll see what happens uh, in Houston when they go up against uh, Houston. Hopefully, you know, uh, Cook uh, gets in there and he. He delivers the ball like he needs to. So, so, so personally, if if Oakland's going to win, if, if 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 they have a chance of winning, they have to have that running game, which means they have to get Latavius Murray into the game, doing what he does best, you know, moving that ball forward, and and in, in order to try to score, to try to to make points. You know, that's the only I, I way agree. at this point that Oakland's going to have going to make it. I agree 100%. I, I don't think that they need to throw the ball. Um, if you looked at when they dominated, sorry, Chris, Denver that first game, um, the Raiders made a concerted effort to run the ball right at Denver. And in the games that they've dominated teams, um, and, and they have a three-headed monster with Washington, Murray, um, and I forget the other running back's name, but they have three very capable backs. Um, I think – having those good running backs that can catch the ball are a quarterback's best friend. I, I don't think, especially with that Houston secondary, that Connor Cook is going to zing the ball all over the field. But you can swing the balls out to your running backs, um, to your tight ends, and, and, and being very safe. But, uh, yeah, I think if Oakland has any shot at winning this game, they're going to have to run the ball effectively. 
And, and I think that goes both ways. With Lamar Miller in Houston, and I think Houston having that better defense, if, if Houston can run the ball against the Raiders, it makes the job for Brock Osweiler a lot easier. So I think whichever team runs the ball most effectively is going to win that game because I doubt, mm-hmm. you know, if you've already been benched, you can best believe Houston is not going to turn the reins over to Osweiler and have him start slinging the ball downfield. And, and I assume with with Jack Del Rio that, that you're probably not going to get that out of Connor Cook either. Right. So we got to do. We got to take a break and come back. I know we got questions about these Broncos and Washington and Eagles. So this is James Chris, Abe, Cowboys, and the Prophet. There we I go. agree with him today. Make me sad. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Loving, your host Loving That Sports Talk. Co-host, you want me, Chris? I am here, James. And we got, hey, hey, how about those Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> and we got Wayman, the prophet, looking over Peyton Man menu. You looking at it, Wayman? I'm looking, I'm looking at Elway. If Peyton got a menu, we can El- look at that Elway. one, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Elway, you're right. <laughs> he gotcha. Go ahead, Chris. All right, so... You know, we were talking last week about firings of, 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 of coaches and who we thought. And I, I seriously was, I, I was surprised, but not totally surprised, that the 49ers fired Chip Kelly, you know, after one season. However, it was a very disappointing season, you know, and I've heard that, I've heard that people say that some college players couldn't make it in the pros. And the same goes for coaches. I think that Chip Kelly was overstated as an NFL head coach and should go back coaching to a college team. Yeah, and at this point, he's, he, he's going to listen. Last year, he wasn't going to listen to any colleges. Now he's going to. You know, what, 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 do you, what do you guys think about that? Abe? 
Well, you know, it, it just it didn't work out for him, you know, and and not everybody's cut out for the for the National Football League. I don't think, you know, uh, uh, not only the players but as uh, coaches as well. So, uh, you know, you know, hopefully he can, you know, get back to college ball and and doing what uh, what he does best there, and, and hopefully that works out for him. Uh, but yeah, that's you know. I think I think it was just it was just a matter of time, you know. It just it just never worked out for him. So, so Wayman, what do you have to say about Chip Kelly? Because I know I know James will have a lot to say, but but go ahead, Wayman. What do you think about that? His firing and going back to college, possibly. And me and me and Love got into it, you know, about this earlier uh, in the year at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I think the jury's still out. Chip Kelly uh, performed better than not in Philadelphia. Obviously, he had a disastrous last year um, with the general manager they had. <clears throat> and I think the same is true with San Francisco. Now, let's not kid ourselves, fool ourselves. I don't care who was coaching the 49ers this year. They would have wound up with a similar record. There is absolutely, I'm not going to say no talent, very little talent <clears throat> on that roster um, in San Francisco. And, and we find out, you know, and, and of course these things only come out after the fact, that Chip Kelly, if he had his way, would have drafted Dak Prescott. It's just funny how things happen, you know, because you, you take that, Dak Prescott out of Dallas's equation, Tony Romo's hurt, you've got to depend on Sanchez, what type of year does Dallas have? But they said that Chip Kelly really wanted Dak Prescott to be his quarterback this year, and he was rebuffed by the general manager. He didn't have the same type of... Um, uh, control over the roster as he's had in previous years. And they said he was really shocked that he got fired. Um, you know, obviously you know you have a team that, that doesn't have very much in the way of NFL talent. Um, and you expect to have at least a year or two, not a year, but a, a couple of years to developing and, and get your roster the way you want it to when he wasn't given that opportunity. Um, but do I think going back to college for him would be a good thing? It would be because I, I think the perception is after he washed out in Philadelphia, didn't have a good year with the 49ers, that he wasn't necessarily a NFL coach. I think players were starting to look at him like that. Um, San Francisco is definitely not a destination for a lot of players. Um, so he needs to go somewhere where he can have total control. And that's what coaches have in college. They are the judge, jury, and executioner. I mean, they tell you how long you're going to practice. They tell you when you're going to practice. Uh, they set the roster. They uh, determine through recruiting who is and who is not going to be on their team, so on and so forth. And so um, he needs to go somewhere where he can have total autonomy of his team, and he's not going to get that in the NFL anymore Uh you can only get that in college. Hey, 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 watch this. I knew I'd get this taste out of my mouth, Chris. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you talking about? He is a bum. Right, hey? Chip Kelly was a bum when he was in Philly. Uh, he had a hell of a team. He had a running back, Sean LaCoy. He tore that whole team up. He had a great team. He don't know how to coach. Like Abe say, college coaches can't coach the NFL. He was a bum. If he would have got Dak Prescott, he would have made him horrible like he did Philly. He tore that whole team up, Wayman. You know that. Come on, man. He shouldn't even got another job after Philly. 
You know, look, he should look, never get look, back look, in the NFL. So what you talking about? He didn't have the players. Crazy. Look what he did. Yeah. Look what he did with Foles. He he, he got he caught that whole team up. I mean, All right, y'all yeah. know that. <laughs> He got he got Foles a ton of money. He turned Foles into what looked like I mean he was a pro bowler. He turned what did Foles have? Twenty five touchdowns and one interception under Chip Kelly. Uh, yeah, but he, he got rid of your running back. You could go fool to get rid of Shallow Court. You know, revitalized, he was revitalized um, Sam Bradford's career in Philadelphia. Had people thinking that Mark Sanchez might be a decent quarterback in the NFL. He has done some positive things now. And that goes back to my point, where Chip Kelly is not a good NFL coach is if he doesn't have total control, you have an opinion, you're a grown man like these people are in the NFL. This is not college where we're going to be dictated to. These are grown men with their own opinions. Um, You know, so LaShawn McCoy has to go. Deshaun Jackson has to go. Um, the, The receiver in Kansas City has to go. Uh, Kirk Alonzo goes to, to Miami. He made some horrible personnel decisions based on the fact that he cannot handle he can't people being, being grown. But between the lines, the X's and O's, I'm not going to say he was a bad coach. Philadelphia had two good years with him. Um, but as far as managing people, managing personnel, I think he would have done great with Dak Prescott. He's done great with every other quarterback that he's had. And I will say this. The 49ers won their last game, and, and that in itself doesn't mean anything other than that team did not quit on him. They played the they Rams. They still playing. They, 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 they played the their last game. They almost beat Seattle. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they played Seattle tough. Seattle had to come back in that game and win at the very end. The 49ers were playing better. I'm not going to say great. They were playing better, and they were still playing hard for him at the end of the year. And a lot of coaches mailed it in. Ask, ask Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan what, what, what teams look like when they lo- no longer want you to be their coach. The 49ers were playing for uh, Chip Kelly towards the end of that season. you crazy. you agree with that, Abe? Well, he, you know, he, he just, like I said before, I mean, it just never worked out for him. So I don't, I mean, you know, but... You know, I'm sure that, that a lot of it has to do with, like Wayman said, you know, was managing the people and, and, and getting them, you know, uh, the right people to do what you need to do when they need to do it, you know, and, and that never happened for them. So. You can have complete control, Kristen. You know this. Let me give you a name, and you know this, Wayman. Dennis Erickson. Have a college coach. Went to the pro. can handle it. Just college coaches. Coaches. I mean, the other coach for, um, what is it, was it Nick Saban? What was that other coach went there? Took his butt right yeah, back to the college. You know, Nick Saban washed out. Petrino, no, no, it's not Petrino. Who who coached Miami and left in the middle of the season? I forget who that was. Yeah. Uh, college coach. But, you know, there's a flip side. Look at Jimmy Johnson. Look at what Pete Carroll's doing. Jimmy was handed that. No, he, I mean, th- there are some coaches. Uh, you, you got, who is a freaking Bomb that coach Washington for a little bit. Uh, Florida coach for a long time, um, and he coached the Redskins for years. So yeah, some of these coaches need full autonomy, need to be in college. Uh, Steve Spurrier is the coach that coached the Redskins. Yeah. I think it might have been yeah. two seasons, but some coaches can make that transition 
and, and turn into great uh, NFL coaches, and some coaches need to stay in college. Um, and I think because of Chip Kelly's temperament and, and needing full control and autonomy, he would best be served in college because he, he doesn't work well with general managers. He didn't work well with the general manager in Philadelphia. Uh, he, doesn't, he didn't work well with the general manager in San Francisco. Go where you can have total and complete autonomy and control of the team. I don't think he's a bad X's and O's guy. Um, he's probably not the innovative genius that everybody thought he was when he first started with Philadelphia, but I think he was a, a decent NFL coach. Chris, what do you think? You know, I'm sorry. He's he's had two teams to work with, and Thank you. again, I, I was surprised they let him go only after one season. But he he, what he's doing is not working. It's not working, and I I think what you're saying, James, about him picking apart the 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 Eagles team like he did, and and you know that that was horrible. That was horrible that that, that whole team just got decimated. You know, with with his new plan that he came in and wasn't working. So, I, what Wayman was saying is very true. That you know, he he's he's probably a fabulous college coach, and just stay stay away from from the the NFL. You know, just go back to college. He'll be a great college coach. He'll make a team very proud. Go to the championship probably, or possibly, um, but not in the NFL. So listen, this. Wayman, you played defense. Chip Kelly's offense was no huddle. You on the field so quick, even if you do score within a minute or two, now your defense on that field so much long, that's tying them out. With that no huddle, if you're going three and all in, in 10 seconds, your defense back, that's when your defense on. That what happened with Chip Kelly. That offense is not for the pro. You can't have your defense on the field that long because they get tired out. Am I wrong or right? You see, but he, he changed he changed his philosophy when he went to San Francisco and that's that's what I see as growth. In Philadelphia, yeah. You're running you you wanna you know, you, you know everything, you come in the NFL and, and it worked to a point. But Chip Kelly with the forty ers looking at his personnel, he didn't run that same type of system. And, and and so it showed maturity to me, it showed growth, and it showed a coach that was willing to work <clears throat> with what he had. Chip Kelly's offense and team in San Francisco looked a lot different than his first couple of years in Philadelphia. And then also give Chip, Chip Kelly some credit. How many other coaches would have had a great season with the controversy that Callan Kaepernick brought to that team? He handled that with class. That team didn't fracture or come apart. Uh, Colin Kaepernick actually was voted as their most inspirational player. The players voted. Chip Kelly, you can say anything else you want about him, he, he, he was horrible with how he treated Deshaun Jackson and how he treated LeSean McCoy, how he treated all the stars. He wanted it to be about him, but he definitely was humbled, and he changed how he ran his team in San Francisco. Not saying he was great, but he did mature, and he didn't have those same type of personnel issues like he had in Philadelphia. But didn't he, when he was coming to San Francisco, didn't he do like um, like Rex Ryan, Ryan did? You know, Rex Ryan was running his mouth saying, you know, what a great team that, that Buffalo was going to have and, you know, all this stuff, and it didn't happen. And, and, and you see the same thing happened with Chip Kelly. He was going to turn around San Francisco's team, 
it didn't happen. Sure, but you got you got to give them you got to give them some time. You can't, I can, Chris, I can't, and, and 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 we've never personally met, and I'm sure you can. You know, you you are the type of person that's going to take a negative situation and turn it positive, but you need a little bit of time. In San Francisco, coming into the year, nobody thought San Francisco was going to be a great team, just like we knew in Cleveland. Cleveland's coach won one game. Nobody's saying fire Cleveland's coach because you know you had a trashy roster. The people got rid of anybody that was decent on that team. You got a, a, a former quarterback catching most of the passes and your best receiver. You don't even know who's playing quarterback for that team. And you decimated the offensive line, getting quarterbacks hurt, and the defense. And I'm, I'm talking about uh, Cleveland's team. You knew going in that if Blaine Gabbard is your starting quarterback who couldn't even start in Jacksonville, that there was no way your team was going anywhere. All I'm saying is if you're going to evaluate Chip Kelly, give him another year in, in San Francisco. If you get the same results, then, yeah, go ahead and boot him. But don't. I don't know. I don't think he got a fair shake in San Francisco, and it may not have made a difference. But that's why I said, for me, the jury was still out because I don't think he had enough time to get the type of players that he wanted and, and to implement his system the way he wanted in San Francisco. But he still ain't getting away, man. He shouldn't even had that shake over there because once he shook from Philly, they should have shook his butt back to college. That's where he should have went back to them because they should have. Well, that's what. That's where he's going. He's going. He's definitely going back to college. He's going to make as much money at some school as he as he would have in the NFL. So in the long run, I don't think it's going to affect him that much. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to be as willing to give him a shot, you know, after two or three years as they may have someone else. So he should go to college and stay in college and leave it. A, call it a career. Don't be a bum. <laughs> you want to take a break, James? You want to go all the way to the end? Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. I know she got some Bronco questions. Uh, this is uh, James Chris. How about those Cowboys? Eight. And we got the Prophet. And we got Chip Kelly, the bum. We'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk co-host. with me, Chris? I'm here, James. Chris, we got Abe. Abe, how about those Cowboys? <laughs> uh, we got Wayman the Prophet. Hey, y'all guys there? I'm here, baby. Well, Abe, I'm going to leave you alone because your team is in the playoffs. But, you know, I still had to smile and see that face. Boy, I know you're looking for me. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. So let me ask you guys what you thought thought of Kubiak. Um, very last game of the season, they go out on a high note. They they win, and he announces that he is. I, I don't want to say retiring because that's not retirement, but he's not going to coach anymore. Um, and and he's not really given a valid, a full reason as to why. Whether it's health reasons, family reasons, whatever. Some people were thinking that it had to do with you know, John Elway or, or some, someone else wanted him out, and, and so he was bowing out. I don't think I fully believe that. I think it is, is a, a family decision on, on his part. But what, what do you guys think about that? Uh, Wayman, what, 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 what's your, what, what was your reaction? Um, my reaction is, you know, who would – I'm not going to actually even say that because, I, I mean, I, I do respect Kubiak, um, as a coach, I don't think I have one negative thing to say uh, about him. Unfortunately, he was the coach of the Broncos, and I'm not going to necessarily hold that <clears throat> against him. But I do think that his relationship with L.A. has more to do with it than he's willing to let on. Obviously, he had health, a health scare uh, during the season. Um, I'm sure his family would like to... Um, have him back, but I think John Elway is made in a similar way to to Jerry Jones. I think Kubiak is allowed to coach, but as far as those personnel decisions and those type of things, I think John Elway is a very hands-on owner, and, and I think you're going to get that with someone who uh, was so instrumental in, in, in Denver's franchise being what it is today, um, bringing them another Super Bowl, I mean, but, you know, just a few years ago, obviously, after after being competitive, they let Fox go. Rodin Kubiak won a Super Bowl. Um, I just think that relationship and, and the way John Elway has built that team, which has been good for the defense but not good for the offense, probably had a lot more to do with it than, uh, than Kubiak is willing to admit. I mean, they were, they were going to direct – they were going to get – Kaepernick, then they weren't going to get Kaepernick, they had Sanchez. None of those moves were made by Kubiak. That was all Elway. Um, the, the Osweiler situation, which in hindsight, I mean, was a, was a smart business decision, not pay, overpaying him. But, but I do think that John Elway having his hands in as much as he does on that team wouldn't be attractive, we'll just say, to everyone. And, and I think Kubiak 
has this championship, can can ride out on a high note and, and, and hopefully enjoy his family and live a long life. Nice. Abe, what was your reaction when, because you were, you were there at the game. You, you, you probably heard the buzz going on. Yeah, yeah, you know, we were on our way to the game, and I get uh, sports uh, text alerts, you know, and, uh, you know, I got the, the text that said uh, that uh, that he was uh, stepping away from the game as a coach due to uh, health health concerns, health reasons. And, uh, you know, it was shocking, you know, uh, to see that because, you know, uh, he's a good coach, and, you know, he's done a great job with the Broncos. Uh, you know, and, uh, but here's what I think, you know, me and James were talking about this earlier. And, uh, I think a lot of times there's a certain, uh, personality that, uh, people internalize things and they take things personally. And when things don't go the way that they, they want them to go, you know, that, that weighs on them pretty heavily. And I think, I think Kubiak might, you know, he could be potentially one of those people that, you know, uh, he internalizes the, the, all the stuff that's going on around him. And, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's stressful. That's a stressful, uh, way to, to, to try to handle things, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and the other, the other thing is, is, you know, uh, it, it's hard to, to leave, the game on the field, you know, and, and, uh, for him, I think, you know, so, uh, it, it's probably just best that, you know, he, he, uh, does like he does, you know, and, and rides off into the sunset with the, you know, the Super Bowl championship that, that they got last year. And, uh, you know, I wish him, be- I wish him, I wish him well. So hopefully everything works out for him. You know, that's funny you said that, Abe, too. I was thinking that. We talk about that today. And I was telling Abe a story about my coach that um, uh, Robert said, you know, was coach for Wyoming, then went to the Eagles. but And I stayed with him a few months, you know, before training camp started and was working out. And um, after we worked out, I would go home. He would have meetings, but he will come home. And he was stealing his stuff, doing work for the job, you know. And that's their life. I mean, the head coach, I think, stay in the office all day and sleeps in there. So that's stressful, you know, because I've seen him. You know, he told me when I got home, you need to be in your playbook, you know, be in that playbook. No matter what you're doing, sit in there, you know, and just think those coaches, you know, what they go through. Like A said, you know, he's seeing Kubiak on the sideline, you know, that all that stress in him keeping it in, you know. And so there's a lot to go to that, you know. I'm sure they in films and, you know, so. You know, I could see it was, you know, health-related, you know. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was more, I mean, he's a young guy, or a younger guy. I mean, it's not like he's 80 years old. I mean, he had a health scare, said it's not that serious, though. Um, You know, if he wants to enjoy time with his family, he's been in football for 30-some-odd years, playing and coaching. Good for him. But, But as far as the decision to step down now, it's hard for me to think that the direction of that team and the personnel decisions being made, who they were being made by, has a lot to do with it. Um, I, I think he's managed that Broncos team very well. Because if you look in the last two years with the Broncos, that offense has been horrible, even with Peyton Manning. I mean, if you don't have that defense, 
with the Broncos winning games last year and the games they won this year and not being good enough to get to the to the playoffs, um, John Elway has really neglected the offensive side of the ball in Denver. Um, and, and, and Kubiak, to his credit, managed Elway, or not Elway, but Peyton and Osweiler very well. Um, didn't have controversy on that team. Um, he comes back this year with a decimated offensive line, um, a quarterback in Simeon who probably wasn't quite NFL ready. Um, go ahead and, and, and ride out into the sunset and, and let somebody else deal with that uh, as Denver tried to get back to, to relevance. Hmm. So I, I kind of want to change things up just a, just a tad bit. Steve Smith, is, is, he probably played his last game uh, with, with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, wide receiver there, and th- there, there was a comment he made, oh, a couple weeks ago, where he was being called out by a couple of, of rookie quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks this season. Um, you know, basically they, they, they didn't like how much trash talking that Smith does before, during, and after games. Um, and, it, and at age 37, Smith says, older guys, they understand, they respect the game. These young guys, these new millennial guys, they don't get it. You know, and, and in my mind, I, I think Steve, you know, with, with, the, with the, what he's done, he deserves to, to all the, 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 the trash talk that he does. You know, because he's, 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 he's proved himself. You know, and these guys just can't accept it. But what, 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 what's your thought on that, Wayman? As, as, a, as a, a DB, what's, what's your thought on that? The, the, the quickest way to shut a receiver's mouth is to shut him down. So, you know what? The only way a receiver was going to talk to me all game is if he was kicking my butt. And, and, and I have no problem with Steve Smith or anyone running their mouth. Now, obviously, don't be too demonstrative. But, but if you're in my ear all game, then I'm not doing my job. And so, you know, we, we start in the receiving line, in the warm-up line. And, and usually you have DVs and receivers back-to-back. So we're already talking before the game. We get to the game, and I'm telling you how tough it's going to be for you all uh, all game, and, and you're telling me how many touchdowns you're going to score. And I guarantee you, you know who's won that battle because the person that's still talking at the end of the game is the person that's winning it. Me and Love were about to – we almost lined up on the street in Laramie. I mean, we're, we're both too old to be running 10 steps, let alone routes. But we got to talking one night, and he said he, he didn't think I could cover him, and I said I would have shut him down. I mean, we, we had just now left the restaurant. We were about to line up on the street and flip-flops during the summer and go at it. So I don't have a problem at all with anyone talking. Uh, it's your job on the opposite side to shut him down. And these new guys don't want to be talked to and get your feelings hurt by a 37-year-old that's kicking your butt. Steve Smith had a great season this year. Hey, if you can't accept it, uh, if you don't like what he's doing, shut him down. Otherwise, shut up and go home and cry somewhere. Nice. Wayman, what, what, what do you think about what he said? You know, hey. I think... It's, Abe, uh, sorry, excuse me. That's all right. I, I think, uh, you know, it's just a part of the game, and that's the way the game is played. You know, and, and these guys are going to try and get into your head, throw you off any way they can, you know. Uh, I'll give you a good example of that, you know, the, the, the keep to leap uh, incident that happened in this last game where he, he ripped, uh, was it Michael uh, Crabtree? He ripped his chain off his neck, you know. Uh, 
So, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll anything to, to, to throw you off, I think, is, is, is uh, you know, how a lot of these guys play or try to get, get, get in your head. If, if they can throw you off a little bit, you know, you're not on your, on your game, and it's going to affect, affect uh, ultimately the, the outcome, you know, so... And, and you're kind of right, and, and, and Wayman right, too, you know. I mean, I played with um the guy, Morton Hanks, who played the 49th. I scored on him in the holiday bowl. But that game, he was trying to get my head talking smack, you know. Just, you know, and that's the DB, you know. Like Wayman said, we'll probably go on the street. And at 50-something years old, probably go, you know, he talking smack <laughs> and I am. Let's do this, you know. So, you know, that's the game, you know. And, and players can say that. And Steve Smith Jr. just, I mean, he's just great. I mean, he got that attitude that, you know, let's go at it. And I like that, you know. So, that's the game. And, and you, that's you, the game. Yeah, and you say you don't respect him. What is there not to respect? He, he's not out there doing anything dirty. Um, right. He's playing the game hard. And, and and why would I cry if somebody's beating me? Uh, what, what are you crying about? You beat me and you talked about it? That's life. Um, and, and that's the game of football, and it's been happening since since people have been putting on pads. Uh, you know, watching that those old films with Buckus and 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 Dion and and whoever else played the game. Um, the easiest way to shut up all the trash talk, keep Steve Smith's mouth shut, is shut him down. You didn't see DBs that shut Steve Smith down saying they didn't have any respect for him. You heard it from Jalen. Uh, whatever from the Jaguars and all these other DBs that were getting their butts kicked. I don't have any respect for anyone that wants to cry after you get beat. Cover him. He's 37. You're 22. If you can't cover a 37-year-old, I don't want to hear your mouth open at all about how you don't respect a 37-year-old because he's talking too much. Well, we got to go because of music, but last I want to say, they said the biggest trash talk in the NBA was Michael Jordan. They say uh, all trash talk, he was the biggest one. But, hell, uh, if you can back it up like Michael did, talk it. Yeah, talked it, walked it, let you know about it before he did it and after. Uh, yeah, yeah, they say, like, I'm going to go this way, go there, and I'm going to dunk on you. And he did it. I mean, so. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank you guys again uh, for being on the show. Uh, we got to get to, you know, John Elway Restaurant. That's right. Uh, we'll see you all next week. All right. Have a good week. Have a good week. All right. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh, 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 oh,